the Bible, the book that has changed the world by changing lives around the world. Men and women, young and old, the Bible has changed my life. The love, stability, and hope that I need, they're all found in the Bible. The Bible gives me hope that a new day is coming. The Bible is helping me see what really matters. The Bible Live is a -a one-of-a-kind, first-time-in-history radio program. Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible, every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host. A full-blooded Apache Indian, born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth. Soapy Dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller, then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old. Placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys, Soapy Dollar heard the Bible's life-changing message at the age of eight, and the course of his life was changed. He's an American Indian guitar playing all around rodeo cowboy. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. With more degrees than a thermometer and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Sophie Dollar. Thank you very much, everyone, for being with us tonight, for joining with us for the Bible Live broadcast. You know, we can get discouraged. We can get down and thinking that, well, it's just impossible. Things are too far gone. Now it's just a matter of, come, Lord Jesus, come. (laughs) That's our only consolation is, well, maybe it's the end times. Maybe Jesus is coming. And, of course, that's always a wonderful thought as well. But apart from that, we have to keep laboring. We have to labor as if he's not coming or as if he is, be found busy in his cause. When things get impossible, that's when God gets warmed up. Maybe it's a good thing that things are getting so bad, so difficult that everyone is saying it's impossible. There's no turning back now. There's no way to reverse this. That's just when our God acts in such a wonderful way. And he will be glorified and he will receive all the honor and credit for doing what he does. Well, let's go to our Bible Live broadcast tonight. We're going to read from Second Chronicles again. We talked about the dedication of the temple. Now we're continuing on with the kingdom divided. Before that, though, let's go to our reading from the Psalms, our wisdom and worship segment tonight, a prayer that the Lord will restore favor to the land. We can identify with that prayer, can't we? Here on the Bible Live. Psalm 85. Lord, you have poured out amazing blessings on your land. You have restored the fortunes of Israel. You have forgiven the guilt of your people. Yes, you have covered all their sins. You have withdrawn your fury. You have ended your blazing anger. Now turn to us again, O God of our salvation. Put aside your anger against us. Will you be angry with us always? Will you prolong your wrath to distant generations? Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord and grant us your salvation. I listen carefully to what God the Lord is saying, for he speaks peace to his people, his faithful ones. But let them not return to their foolish ways. Surely his salvation is near to those who honor him. Our land will be filled with his glory. 
unfailing love and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth springs up from the earth, and righteousness smiles down from heaven. Yes, the Lord pours down His blessings. Our land will yield its bountiful crops. Righteousness goes as a herald before Him, preparing the way for His steps. End of reading Psalm 85. Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt? Who am I that the bright and You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. What a beautiful passage that was and so very timely. That urgent, passionate plea for God to bless the land. A number of these psalms that we are looking at now are asking God to grant revival, to restore, to renew his people. Restore us, O God of salvation, it says in verse 4. You have forgiven our iniquities, cover our sins. In a number of our prayer gatherings, so often the theme has been, Lord, forgive us, cleanse us. In this book that we're reading right now, Second Chronicles, we have that wonderful promise that if God's people will indeed humble themselves and pray and turn from our sins, that God will heal our land. What a promise that is. Let's make it sincere, not just in form, right? Well, now we turn to our reading from Second Chronicles. We've arrived at chapter 14. We saw the division of the kingdom. Solomon made such terrible decisions in his life. He had so much potential. Then his son Rehoboam comes along. He's so stubborn and foolish. Then Jeroboam rebels and takes the northern tribes off, not only away from Judah, but away from the Lord. They hire priests and they lose all the godly priests of the northern tribes. They flee down to the south. Shishak of Egypt has come and stolen all of the riches. And now Asa will begin his reign over the people of Judah. 2 Chronicles 14.1 through 18.34 2 Chronicles 14 When Abijah died, he was buried in the city of David. Then his son Asa became the next king. There was peace in the land for ten years, for Asa did what was pleasing and good in the sight of the Lord his God. He removed the pagan altars and the shrines. He smashed the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherah poles. He commanded the people of Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and to obey his law and his commands. Asa also removed the pagan shrines as well as the incense altars from every one of Judah's towns. So Asa's kingdom enjoyed a period of peace. During those peaceful years, he was able to build up the fortified cities throughout Judah. No one tried to make war against him at this time, for the Lord was giving him rest from his enemies. Asa told the people of Judah, Let us build towns and fortify them with walls, towers, gates, and bars. The land is ours because we sought the Lord our God, and he has given us rest from our enemies. So they went ahead with these projects and brought them to completion. King Asa had an army of 300,000 warriors from the tribe of Judah, armed with large shields and spears. He also had an army of 280,000 warriors from the tribe of Benjamin, armed with small shields and bows. Both armies were composed of courageous fighting men. Once an Ethiopian named Zerah attacked Judah with an army of a million men and 300 chariots. They advanced to the city of Marashah, so Asa deployed his armies for battle in the valley north of Marashah. Then Asa cried out to the Lord his God, O Lord, no one but you can help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we trust in you alone. It is in your name that we have come against this vast horde. 
O Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere men prevail against you. So the Lord defeated the Ethiopians in the presence of Asa and the army of Judah, and the enemy fled. Asa and his army pursued them as far as Gerar, and so many Ethiopians fell that they were unable to rally. They were destroyed by the Lord and his army, and the army of Judah carried off vast quantities of plunder. While they were at Gerar, they attacked all the towns in that area, and terror from the Lord came upon the people there. As a result, vast quantities of plunder were taken from these towns too. They also attacked the camps of herdsmen and captured many sheep and camels before finally returning to Jerusalem. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Second Chronicles 15 Then the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, son of Obed, and he went out to meet King Asa as he was returning from the battle. Listen to me, Asa, he shouted. Listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, you will find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach them, and without God's law. But whenever you were in distress and turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him out, you found him. During those dark times, it was not safe to travel. Problems troubled the nation on every hand. Nation fought against nation, and city against city, for God was troubling you with every kind of problem. And now, you men of Judah, be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. When Asa heard this message from Azariah the prophet, he took courage and removed all the idols in the land of Judah and Benjamin, and in the towns he had captured in the hill country of Ephraim. And he repaired the altar of the Lord, which stood in front of the foyer of the Lord's temple. Then Asa called together all the people of Judah and Benjamin, along with the people of Ephraim, Manasseh, and Simeon, who had settled among them. Many had moved to Judah during Asa's reign when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. The people gathered at Jerusalem in late spring during the fifteenth year of Asa's reign. On that day they sacrificed to the Lord some of the animals they had taken as plunder in the battle, seven hundred oxen and seven thousand sheep and goats. Then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, with all their heart and soul. They agreed that anyone who refused to seek the Lord, the God of Israel, would be put to death, whether young or old, man or woman. They shouted out their oath of loyalty to the Lord with trumpets blaring and horns sounding. All were happy about this covenant, for they had entered into it with all their hearts. Eagerly they sought after God, and they found Him, and the Lord gave them rest from their enemies on every side. King Asa even deposed his grandmother, Maacah, from her position as queen mother, because she had made an obscene Asherah pole. He cut down the pole, broke it up, and burned it in the Kidron Valley. Although the pagan shrines were not completely removed from Israel, Asa remained fully committed to the Lord throughout his life. He brought into the temple of God the silver and gold and the utensils that he and his father had dedicated. So there was no more war until the 35th year of Asa's reign. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Second Chronicles 16 In the 36th year of Asa's reign, King Baasha of Israel invaded Judah and fortified Ramah in order to prevent anyone from entering or leaving King Asa's territory in Judah. Asa responded by taking the silver and gold from the treasuries of the Lord's temple and from the royal palace. He sent it to King Ben-Hadad of Aram, who was ruling in Damascus, along with this message. Let us renew the treaty that existed between your father and my father. 
See, I am sending you a gift of silver and gold. Break your treaty with King Baasha of Israel, so that he will leave me alone. Ben-Hadad agreed to King Asa's request and sent his armies to attack Israel. They conquered the towns of Vijon, Dan, Abel Beth Ma'akah, and all the store cities in Naphtali. As soon as Baasha of Israel heard what was happening, he abandoned his project of fortifying Ramah. Then King Asa called out all the men of Judah to carry away the building stones and timbers that Baasha had been using to fortify Ramah. Asa used these materials to fortify the towns of Geba and Mizba. At that time, Hanani the seer came to King Asa and told him, Because you have put your trust in the king of Aram instead of in the Lord your God, you missed your chance to destroy the army of the king of Aram. Don't you remember what happened to the Ethiopians and Libyans and their vast army with all of their chariots and horsemen? At that time, you relied on the Lord, and he handed them all over to you. The eyes of the Lord searched the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. What a fool you have been. From now on, you will be at war. Asa became so angry with Hanani for saying this that he threw him into prison. At that time, Asa also began to oppress some of his people. The rest of the events of Asa's reign from beginning to end are recorded in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a serious foot disease. Even when the disease became life-threatening, he did not seek the Lord's help, but sought help only from his physicians. So he died in the 41st year of his reign. He was buried in the tomb he had carved out for himself in the city of David. He was laid on a bed perfumed with sweet spices and ointments, and at his funeral the people built a huge fire in his honor. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Second Chronicles 17 Then Jehoshaphat, Asa's son, became the next king. He strengthened Judah to stand against any attack from Israel. He stationed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah, and he assigned additional garrisons to the land of Judah and to the towns of Ephraim that his father Asa had conquered. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the example of his father's early years and did not worship the images of Baal. He sought his father's God and obeyed his commands instead of following the practices of the kingdom of Israel. So the Lord established Jehoshaphat's control over the kingdom of Judah. All the people of Judah brought gifts to Jehoshaphat, so he became very wealthy and highly esteemed. He was committed to the ways of the Lord. He knocked down the pagan shrines and destroyed the Asherah poles. In the third year of his reign, Jehoshaphat sent out his officials to teach in all the towns of Judah. These officials included Ben-Hayil, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nethanel, and Micaiah. He sent Levites along with them, including Shemaiah, Nethaniah, Zebediah, Asahel, Shemiramoth, Jehonathan, Adonijah, Tobijah, and Tobadonijah. He also sent out the priests, Elishama and Jehoram. They took copies of the book of the law of the Lord and traveled around through all the towns of Judah, teaching the people. Then the fear of the Lord fell over all the surrounding kingdoms, so that none of them declared war on Jehoshaphat. Some of the Philistines brought him gifts and silver as tribute, and the Arabs brought 7,700 rams and 7,700 male goats. So Jehoshaphat became more and more powerful and built fortresses and store cities throughout Judah. He stored numerous supplies in Judah's towns and stationed an army of seasoned troops at Jerusalem. His army was enrolled according to ancestral clans. From Judah there were 300,000 troops organized in units of 1,000 under the command of Adna. 
Next in command was Jehohanan, who commanded 280,000 troops. Next was Amasiah, son of Zikri, who volunteered for the Lord's service, with 200,000 troops under his command. From Benjamin there were 200,000 troops equipped with bows and shields. They were under the command of Eliada, a veteran soldier. Next in command was Jehozabad, who commanded 180,000 armed men. These were the troops stationed in Jerusalem to serve the king, besides those Jehoshaphat stationed in the fortified cities throughout Judah. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Second Chronicles 18 Now Jehoshaphat enjoyed great riches and high esteem, and he arranged for his son to marry the daughter of King Ahab of Israel. A few years later, he went to Samaria to visit Ahab, who prepared a great banquet for him and his officials. They butchered great numbers of sheep and oxen for the feast. Then Ahab enticed Jehoshaphat to join forces with him to attack Ramoth-Gilead. Will you join me in fighting against Ramoth-Gilead, Ahab asked. And Jehoshaphat replied, Why, of course, you and I are brothers, and my troops are yours to command. We will certainly join you in battle. Then Jehoshaphat added, But first, let's find out what the Lord says. So King Ahab summoned his prophets, 400 of them, and asked them, Should we go to war against Ramoth-Gilead or not? They all replied, Go ahead, for God will give you a great victory. But Jehoshaphat asked, Isn't there a prophet of the Lord around too? I would like to ask him the same question. King Ahab replied, There is still one prophet of the Lord, but I hate him. He never prophesies anything but bad news for me. His name is Micaiah, son of Imlah. You shouldn't talk like that, Jehoshaphat said. Let's hear what he has to say. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, Quick, go and get Micaiah, son of Imlah. King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah, dressed in their royal robes, were sitting on thrones at the threshing floor near the gate of Samaria. All of Ahab's prophets were prophesying there in front of them. One of them, Zedekiah, son of Canaanah, made some iron horns and proclaimed, This is what the Lord says, With these horns you will gore the Arameans to death. All the other prophets agreed. Yes, they said, Go up to Ramoth-Gilead and be victorious. The Lord will give you a glorious victory. Meanwhile, the messenger who went to get Micaiah said to him, Look, all the prophets are promising victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. But Micaiah replied, As surely as the Lord lives, I will say only what my God tells me to say. When Micaiah arrived before the king, Ahab asked him, Micaiah, should we go to war against Ramoth-Gilead or not? And Micaiah replied, Go right ahead, it will be a glorious victory. But the king replied sharply, How many times must I demand that you speak only the truth when you speak for the Lord? So Micaiah told him, In a vision I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains, like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, Their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. Didn't I tell you the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, He does it every time. He never prophesies anything but bad news for me. Then Micaiah continued, Listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the armies of heaven on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, Who can entice King Ahab of Israel to go into battle against Ramoth-Gilead so that he can be killed there? There were many suggestions until finally a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. How will you do this? The Lord asked. And the spirit replied, I will go out and inspire all Ahab's prophets to speak lies. 
You will succeed, said the Lord. Go ahead and do it. So you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of your prophets. For the Lord has determined disaster for you. Then Zedekiah, son of Canaanah, walked up to Micaiah and slapped him across the face. When did the Spirit of the Lord leave me to speak to you, he demanded. And Micaiah replied, You will find out soon enough, when you find yourself hiding in some secret room. King Ahab of Israel then ordered, Arrest Micaiah, and take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to my son Joash. Give them this order from the king. Put this man in prison and feed him nothing but bread and water until I return safely from the battle. But Micaiah replied, If you return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added to those standing around, Take note of what I have said. So the king of Israel and king Jehoshaphat of Judah led their armies against Ramoth-Gilead. Now king Ahab said to Jehoshaphat, As we go into battle, I will disguise myself so no one will recognize me, but you wear your royal robes. So Ahab disguised himself, and they went into battle. Now the king of Aram had issued these orders to his charioteers, Attack only the king of Israel. So when the Aramean charioteers saw Jehoshaphat in his royal robes, they went after him. There is the king of Israel, they shouted. But Jehoshaphat cried out to the Lord to save him. And God helped him by turning the attack away from him. As soon as the charioteers realized he was not the king of Israel, they stopped chasing him. An Aramean soldier, however, randomly shot an arrow at the Israelite troops. And the arrow hit the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. Get me out of here, Ahab groaned to the driver of his chariot. I have been badly wounded. The battle raged all that day, and Ahab propped himself up in his chariot, facing the Arameans until evening. Then, just as the sun was setting, he died. End of reading, Second Chronicles 14, 1 through 1834. This is the Bible live. Thou shalt not go away. These two kings, Asa, very good king, following Abijah, who followed his father Rehoboam, the spoiled, very foolish king that insisted on continuing extremely high taxation on the people of Israel and, frankly, exacerbated so much the people of the northern tribes that they followed Jeroboam's lead as they rebelled. And without an actual civil war, they separated from Judah in the south. This had to be such a very dramatic experience in the life of the nation, to be split, to be divided. Jeroboam, in his rebellion, not only against Rehoboam, but they rebel against God. Gold calves, they hire their own priesthood. He's very much afraid of the fact that the temple is in Jerusalem. So he establishes his own priesthood. Many of the priests and many of the godly people of the north fled to the south because they wanted to continue to follow God. Now, in the south, under Rehoboam, God judges his sin. King Shishak of Egypt conquers and takes away all those beautiful gold shields that Solomon had created for himself and for the nation. And now they were getting along with bronze. That's kind of symbolic, isn't it? Sometimes we, instead of going on with God and obeying God and experiencing his very best, the gold that he has for us, we bumble along and disobey and do not trust God, and we're content with the bronze. It's a very sad statement. But then I enjoyed these passages that we picked up with tonight with Abijah, 
this great victory he had over Jeroboam. And then when we got into our reading tonight with good King Asa who defeats the Ethiopian invaders, God gives them quiet and peace. Wow, that's a wonderful gift, isn't it? Quiet and peace for 10 years. In chapter 15 is a beautiful promise for God that if they will seek the Lord, the Lord promises that he will be found. Seek the Lord and he will be found. In fact, Asa and the people do follow God and they do find him and they experience great peace and they experience the presence of God in all of their national life. Remember now, these books of the Chronicles are a selected history that Ezra is preparing, not a special made-up history, but he is focusing on the tribes of the south. He is focusing on the lineage of King David, the throne in Judah and Jerusalem. He is writing this history for the exiles who have now returned from Babylon after 70 years. Well, we say return. Many of them have never been in Israel. They were born in bondage in Babylon. So Ezra is using godly King Asa as examples of God's faithfulness if they would only follow the Lord. And Asa does that. He destroys the idols and the altars that are built up for other false gods, and he experiences great blessing. Again, great numbers of people come from the north to join them. Asa does enter into a treaty with Hadad of Syria instead of trusting God. There's a little bit of a tendency to compromise. But then when we get to chapter 17 and 18, we see the great king Jehoshaphat, godly king. I really love Jehoshaphat an awful lot. All that he did, teaching the people the word, he's part of my inspiration for putting the Bible live on the radio to let people hear again the scriptures and be instructed in them. I've learned to love Jehoshaphat and admire him so much for the things he did. Isn't it interesting that they had lost the knowledge of God through the book of the law, the scriptures, And he sent them out across the land to the other cities of the land. That's exactly what we're trying to do here with the Bible Live. We want to encourage you, if you'd like to join with us in that project, we need to be able to gather the offerings sufficient enough every year to put the Bible itself on the satellite above this nation so that any city in this land could bring it down and listen to the Bible Live with us every evening. I was hoping San Antonio and South Texas might join me in that wonderful cause to broadcast the scriptures, just as Jehoshaphat did those many years ago. The Bible with Sophie Dollar. Sophie reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live. P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word. 